0: Hello. I'm Daniel Stanton, head of Transactional FX Product at Bank of America, and you're listening to the Treasury Insights podcast. With me today is Brian Bonds, Treasury Executive for Tech, Media, and Telecom at Bank of America. Today, we will explore how to optimize your cross-border transactional flows and discuss the fallacy of doing cross-border business in US dollars versus local currency. Welcome, Brian.
1: Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me.
0: So making payments internationally can be complicated and at times a very costly endeavor. So, Brian, if we jump right into it, there is a misconception that sending payments cross-border in U.S. dollars is the most efficient way of doing business. Given your experience in sales and during your time within the FX advisory world, we'd like your insights on this and what our listeners should consider when making payments cross-border in U.S. dollars versus local currency.
1: It's a great question. You know, The world is becoming an increasingly smaller place. With the advent of technology, barriers to entry have fallen and have allowed many companies of different sizes to jump into the global arena, accidentally becoming global. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a client tell me that they do not have FX exposures or they're not exposed to them because they tend to do all business in USD. That's payments and receipts. That's not really the case if you're doing something cross-border into a country that operates in a different currency there are exposures there they can just be more indirectly as opposed to a straight fx conversion this can come through the sense of higher pricing that might be applied to any type of invoice because someone is taking on or trying to pass through the currency volatility could be unfavorable terms that clients aren't aware of or that they could negotiate better if they did have the appetite to price in local currency. could also be loss of competitiveness. If I'm pricing out into a market that's non-USD and I'm forcing my clients to take USD, they may choose a competitor that deals in the local currency.
0: Yeah, definitely, when we think about pricing, does the end beneficiary actually hold their account in US dollars? So there is still FX exposure there that needs to be taken into account. So very good insight there. So as a follow up to that, there is significant volatility in cross-border funds movement, right? Geopolitical events, central bank policies, regulations, even the pandemic. What are some of the ways companies can go about mitigating their risk when they're considering cross-border payments and cross-border flows?
1: It's a great question, Daniel. There are obvious risk management mitigations. Having a robust hedging program to limit the amount of risk a company takes on is one. However, this many times is very difficult for AP, who manages daily cross-border payments, to deal with on an intra-period versus set accounting rates or invoicing rates. One way to manage this would be to leverage a guaranteed rate product. By using this product, you lock in an executable guaranteed FX rate at which to convert all payables and receivables for a period of time. This allows the organization to gain price certainty. It eliminates the need to estimate the FX rate at the time the FX rate is set for accounting or invoicing purposes. in a sense, is enabling the business to outsource their FX risk to their provider. There's also the sense of improving client experience particularly for e-commerce or sort of new world gig economies, where they are able to provide a local currency price where they would normally provide a U.S. dollar price and allow it to be held on a website for a period of time as clients make purchasing decisions or ultimately making the final payment.
0: And that's key, right? At the end of the day, it's the end user, it's the beneficiary that is key and is the benefactor of these value-added services. So a solution such as a guaranteed rate is definitely a cutting-edge technology that should be top of mind. So when customers and companies that are considering going global or accidentally found themselves becoming a global company, what are some of the factors that a company should consider when identifying the right provider or services? What variables should be taken into account?
1: There are many players in the FX payment space, from large money center banks to boutique FX shops. I think what's most important is to have a partner that brings deep, on-the-ground experience, local knowledge with a wide global footprint for our customers to be able to leverage a product set as well as expertise from regulatory to on-the-ground requirements for making payments. I think that's the most significant.
0: Thank you for that insight, Brian. For the last question, you hear terms and phrases like frictionless payments and the reduction of cross-border payment friction. What does this mean to you, and what would you like to leave our listeners with when defining friction and how to optimize their treasury operations and cash management processes?
1: Yeah, thanks for that question, Daniel. Frictionless payments could be several things. One could be challenges dealing with local requirements and regulations. This could be required beneficiary information that needs to follow through a payment for it to get made. Could be documentation requirements, particularly in maybe some of the emerging markets, and knowing the proper documentation to have to get a payment complete. Could be access to high and low value payments across currency rails making cross-border payments in a way that could be cost-effective but also deliver the best end-user experience, as well as netting services or payment aggregation tools that allow clients to be more efficient on how they can net down their overall FX exposure, creating a more cost-effective way of handling their payment outflows.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Brian, And this has been a great time, and thank you for all that you've shared. I'm sure our listeners have learned so much around the importance of paying in local currency, the okay. availability of value-added services such as Guaranteed FX, but then also insights into how to choose the right provider that allows not only scale, but value-added services and core capabilities as well. So thank you again, Brian, for being here with us. Thank you for having me. And thank you to our listeners as well. This is the Bank for America Treasury Insights Podcast series. And join us again to hear more. Thank you.
2: Bank of America and B of A Securities are the marketing names used by the global banking and global markets divisions of Bank of America Corporation. Lending, other commercial banking activities, and trading in certain financial instruments are performed globally by banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, including Bank of America NA member FDIC. Trading and securities and financial instruments and strategic advisory and other investment banking activities are performed globally by investment banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, investment banking affiliates, including in the United States, B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp., both of which are registered broker dealers and members of SIPC and in other jurisdictions by locally registered entities. B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp are registered as futures commission merchants with the CFTC and are members of the NFA. Investment products offered by investment banking affiliates are not FDIC insured, may lose value, and are not bank guaranteed.